As the great man once said, there's only one episode left to conquer. So we're all crying, guys. <laughs> we should all be crying. But instead, we're laughing. This is Westworld, the Recapables. It's Tinfoil Tuesday. As always, I'm joined here by the one, the only, Micah Peters. How you doing, man? Uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out what Logan meant by the bottom in the preview. I think I've seen it, but I'm not entirely sure. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> we always do. And as always, sitting to my right, you know, it's not easy to contemplate letting your children die. And you, for the time being, are as close as I have to a child of all the co-hosts I've made. <laughs> you, Danny Heifetz, are my favorite. How you doing, man? I'm great, although I just wanted to give you an early correction. That's actually not what Plutarch said in the beginning. What he said was, when he heard that there were an infinite number of Westworld episodes... He cried. I was quoting the show. I know, I'm not but he quoting wept. a historical document. Yes, but he wept because he realized he had yet to understand even a single one. Sure. Well, we'll get into that, I assume. Right? That's what Tenfoil Tuesday is all about. <laughs> we got some corrections. We got some errors. We, we have one. We have and one. We've got, uh, and we've got some crazy conspiracy theories that we will get to later on, mostly revolving around the uh, the, the the trailer for the finale that some. Uh, responded to with uh, the letters T, M, and I. But who knows? We'll get there. I'm sure they're fooling us somehow. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so uh, apparently we have a lot of people who listen to our podcast who work the night shifts. That's what <laughs> podcasts are for. <laughs> because when... Night shifts I, and commutes, that's what it's for. Because what I said, that people who work the night shift do not call it lunch. My God, did I... Get a lot of feedback on and what that. What did they say? I uh, they definitely call it lunch. Everyone calls it lunch. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, I don't think that actually supports that that was nighttime because there's no windows. And we just because it's dark doesn't mean that that's a symptom of natural lighting. Having said that, I was definitely wrong about lunch. I'm sorry to everyone who eats lunch <laughs> on the night shift. I was wrong and I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad we got through that. Are there anything else that we messed up? We, get, we had to mess up more than that. We probably did, but no one was mean about it. So, like, thank you. All right. Yeah, well, I cool. think that people being nice on people are either not listening or they're being very nice. So, whatever. <laughs> uh, I hope you're having fun at your jobs. Um, what's next, Danny? Next, uh, maybe like a pseudo one, Lisa Joy. Maybe didn't mess up, but at least gave us like an Easter egg thing. A comment from uh, her AMA AMA forever ago. Uh, (laughs) Was this the Rickroll AMA when they did all that stuff? No, this was um, after she directed the fourth episode. Oh, okay. Okay. And someone made a comment about the hats and she said, uh, I'd be careful about those hats if I were you. I'm looking at it right now. I'd be wary of those hats in general. Be wary, yeah. So, and then someone literally commented right under, why are they brain scanners? And like, yeah, no, they, they, they are brain scanners. They are literally. I want to say I want to minorly correct my snide response to the hats from from the last episode. <laughs> I think the more I just kind of lived with that scene, I've kind of come to you know, how, yeah, you just rationalize everything away. I love the show so much. I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt, but I think I, I think that I've rationalized. I've come to the I've come to a comfortable spot with that, which is that because the man in black, William says. At first, we didn't know what we needed when they were talking yeah, about mm-hmm. how to scan everything. So yeah, they just put scanners in the hats. So like, presumably, it's totally feasible that they've they've you know streamlined the process. Now they no longer need the hats, and that and and back at the beginning, it was just Westworld. They didn't have all the other parks, and that's why we're okay with no hats in the other places. They're probably mm-hmm. just they probably just like shoot a nanovirus in your ear, and that's what's taking pictures of you. That's all I'm saying. Micah I mean, just looked at each other. Like, I wish I, we could. Like, that is, <laughs> I, you know, being, of the, I would I would imagine they updated the, the earworm process, yes. But I also remember that one scene in the first season where, like, the doors open and she's just like, pick your hat. You can choose your sure. own path or whatever. And I just feel like enticing people with that and then having it be a brain scanner would just, is just like a really, like, sadistic twist, charming thing. Sure. All right. I mean, I maintain. What if I was just like, no, nah, I don't want a hat. But what? Neither here nor there. It seems. Yeah. No, it's but, part. Of, it's part of the immersion process. You got to. Yeah. You got to go in. You got to. You got to play the part. Don't show up to the Halloween party without a costume. All right. So we got a gigantic teaser trailer for for the season finale next week. Yes. This is. I mean, more so than any other episode. This is where like we could theorize about the episode, and then you see the teaser trailer, and you're like, wow. Let's only talk about that because. 
It gave away so much. Well, like, it didn't more give than away. I know. It showed us so much. Yeah, but like it also gave stuff away. Okay, so look, there are things that we knew we were going to see anyway and like things that are just kind of cool visuals that we knew we were getting. Mm-hmm. The Delos security dude being gored by a bull and, you know, uh, there were, you know, Armistice and Felix and the whole gang reuniting. Yeah, we heard that to the to yeah. the runaway piano soundtrack <laughs> thing and the season yeah, two track. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that was like since the Super Bowl. And then other things like, you know, there's a scene of but Bernard laying down. We knew, that, we knew that that was all going to happen. Oh, because we'd seen it before. Yeah, that all was right. like their number yeah. one video visual that they <laughs> fell in love with like right. marketing the season. I feel like the blanket on, on Maeve is new, but yeah, you know, like whatever. That's nitpicking. Looks very That's, witch-like. But um, the other one that we knew we were going to get to some degree is Bernard like lays down or whatever and like water washes over him on a beach. Or what looks like a beach. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's something we knew was going to happen. But there's so many things that we had no idea were going to happen that they just, like, revealed to us, like, off the bat. Bernard and Dolores are in the forge. Or in a cradle-like simulation that we must assume is the forge. Mm-hmm. Together, wandering around. I don't know why they told us that. Like, that's a really cool thing. But Bernard and Dolores are in the forge. It seems like it's a widescreen angle. Dolores sees herself walking around in a blue dress. And then we see them walking through, uh, like a. Well, you think when they were in the, the moment, that it looked like they were in the cradle, basically. That, that was yeah, the forge. Mm-hmm. But Bernard described the cradle as he was. He, he said it was like the forge, but I he guess said it's the forge, but much bigger. Yeah. Okay. So we I see them. Assume, in the forge. I, for some reason, I saw that. My mind didn't immediately go there. My when I saw that image, I was like, maybe this is a flashback to some of the, one of their earlier times together. I guess it could be. Hmm. But it also, you're right, she did see herself. So that makes sense that they would be in some sort of forgy thing. She sees, and she's, I think she's got the bullet chest thing. Yeah, no, no, she's got the straps on. Yeah, yeah it was definitely her now. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we see her there, which again, that, that alone is like a pretty big, not spoiler, but like kind of for your own show, um, that that's going to happen. That's kind of crazy. But the bigger thing, I mean, the, the broader thing was that it was they and Logan were hanging yeah, out. Yeah, that's the three. The, the three of them were chilling through most of the most of the teaser. That's the one that I have no idea why they gave that away. Dude, my, I, I kind of wish that we <laughs> came to that organically. As, as an aside for no and that no one listening to this will particularly care about, we talked, we, we, we have the great luxury of seeing screeners of these episodes a day early or whatever and we, when we record our podcast and, and, uh, but there was one time when something was added. Like, what really minor thing was added earlier in the season? Just one really little. The phone call between Carl Strand and um, his hench. Oh his yeah. Henchwoman oh yeah. Overlooking. But so anyway, so and and I and right as soon as I was busy moving all weekend, and right at the end of the on, at, at, like Sunday, right when the show was over. Um, one of my buddies texted me, I'm so glad Logan's back. And I was just like, oh, God damn it. I just thought they like, inserted a whole Logan scene. But in fact, it was just the references to him and the teaser trailer that evoked that. So anyway, Logan's back. Logan's back. And that, that really does make everything more interesting. I don't want to be like, oh, this changes everything. But like, it adds a lot more weight to what he said earlier. So one, we see him in this massive library. And then we also see him saying the words... That James Delos said, that like prophecy of like the the two fathers. Mm-hmm. Logan is saying those words. Like he says he's all the way at the bottom. And like Oh, I missed that. All right. Great. Yeah, yeah. So he's saying so those words, he's saying it in like what looks to like be some wonderful, like infinity looking pool. I'm sure that that's you know on purpose. And he's talking to James Delos. And he's so that those words came from Logan. Mm-hmm. We also know that he He's in the library with them. We've been wondering what the library Dolores is going to be in the whole time. So it seems that that's because in the we forge. saw that in a pre. But this is—is is this the same library? Because yeah. before it was I like mean, she was in a library, but it was like a desk in an old study. I imagine libraries are big; they have rooms. Yeah, I mean but, they do. They do and, have rooms. So yeah. what? What does the library mean in this context? I think. I mean, it could literally just be like a normal library, right? And like, oh, there's like a lot that of seem, books. That seems books. unlikely. Seems yeah. unlikely. <laughs> I think it's more, you know, how does this idea of the, the forge manifest itself yeah, when you're going to walk that's around? That's what I guess. You kind of like Harry Potter, like, you know, the midway afterlife thing is manifests as King's Cross Station. So we're each a book. So, yes, exactly. Each person is a story, David, and you what get to write you? your own. And what, ooh, what book am I? Mm-hmm. The Alchemist. That's not true. Or Polar Express. No. I like Polar Express. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Definitely the Polar Express. So you're either a, a book by Brazilian poet or you are, <laughs> you know, like the Uncanny Valley Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. No, that, how how dare you <laughs> associate the book is a treasure. The book, the movie is a travesty. Well, and, I never, and, you will be shocked, shocked to know that I have never read that book. Micah, I'm bringing it in next. The Polar Express, for those who have not had the pleasure of knowing what the Polar Express is in 
book form. The point of the book is that if you believe, you will hear the bell, but only when you stop hearing the bell, the joy, the childlike wonder, as long as you believe, you will hear it. I don't know. Shoemaker, do you still hear, hear the bell? Sorry, or? I was just taking a bathroom break. I'm okay. back now. It's not okay, about believing in Santa. Is... It's just about believing, okay? That's anyway. Yes, Polar hmm. Express. Let's move on to talk quite... more about Westworld. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we got... So what comes after? We just talked about okay. the, uh, the... We talked about Dolores hanging out with Bernard and Logan. Yeah. Well, I do want to hang on the library thing for a second. Because okay, I cool. do think it is important to... to I mean, I'm pretty willing to put money on that being true, that they're going to have the whole, oh, each person is a story. This is a show that loves self-contained stories. And what is better than every person's a book, every person's a story. And they obviously made that very, very ominous reference earlier this season to Ford saying the library of Alexandria mm-hmm. burned and so did the first 10,000 years of stories. And, and then the one story that remained was the story of what happened after the fire. Exactly. Uh-huh. And now- William keeps saying over and over and burn this whole thing to the ground. The thing being the forge, which now is literally a library. And so the story will become all the stories we had of humanity. Each of those books, every person's a story. It is actually kind of a crazy t- twist on like how storytelling usually goes because a lot of stories in TV or books or movies or whatever you see is that each person, you know, has a story and it's not about the destination. It's about the jury. Sorry. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And that's what these books would be. Westworld is kind of saying, no, 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 no. None of that matters. It's just going to be about the destruction of humanity itself. That's the story we've told through two seasons here, which is actually kind of a pretty radical departure from like how all their storytelling has tried to go. Well, yeah. And that's not the way they're telling stories. That's just what this story is about. Well, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what the story Maybe. is about. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the, the library is an actual library. <laughs> That when William built the forge, he was smart enough to build a giant library between the entrance and the forge so that everybody would walk in and just be like, oh, this is, it's a metaphor. This is the forge. And they would spend like 15 hours looking at books to try to figure it out. Meanwhile, he's like, you know, murdering. Well, basically, you got to just basically pull the right book and then false wall. No, you're really just going to wall. Yeah, that's it. What if William just has like a really late library book? Um, moving on. I've lost our, uh, where we are with the book <laughs> me- metaphor, by the anyway, way. Uh, yeah, so there were a bunch of other things, obviously. So, I mean, Logan being back. Uh, William puts a gun to Dolores' forehead. Let's let's go to one second before that. So the, the trailer opens with, or one of the first things in the trailer is the, the Delos dune buggy going across the plane. We assume that's Bernard because he was last seen in such a vehicle. Right. right? And then the next time there's like an overhead shot, it's oh, of wait, sorry, it could also be. Oh wait, no, never mind, because of uh, because. I mean, it could be anyone. William didn't take the didn't take the. I was just gonna say that William could have taken the 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 Delos vehicle after he. Yeah, but he didn't. He did ride his horse away. Yeah, I mean, exactly. The other candidate's Clem. Clementine, right? Okay. You can use your full name. You guys are not friends. And the uh, and so yeah, you know, the next time, what are you we, gonna do with all that time you save by shortening her name? <laughs> I'm going to use it right now to pause. <laughs> so uh, the next time we see sort of a zoomed out shot in the trailer, it's of two people riding horses through a uh, mountainous, a rocky region. And it looks to be Dolores and William, a.k.a. the man in black. Am I correct in this assumption? Because then you, you just mentioned he pulls a gun yeah. on her. Mm. Uh, probably seeing this out of order, but it is sort of interest, much more interesting than him pulling a gun on her to me is like them hanging out. Yeah, and he, he's told her their stories always, he always le- leads back to her like over and mm-hmm. it seems that now they do have something in common. I mean, he made, you know, he seems to have driven his wife to commit suicide and now Dolores has had Teddy driven to commit suicide. So we do see a lot of their own story arcs kind of weirdly Mirroring start to mirror each other. Yeah. Sure. So maybe they have stuff to talk about. I don't know. Yeah, and I guess I didn't. We didn't really think about it. We didn't talk about this in the last episode. But like Dolores, after the showdown with the Ghost Nation, and then after Teddy kills himself, is she just all alone? Is anybody left? You'd think there'd be some of that horde left. What's well, they're just like henchmen. They had like they're the most convenient whatever number we need them in. Yeah. Invented. So. None of them have ever spoken, I believe. Like, literally never. They all have stuff over their faces. Like, I I mean, I think that the that set-piece battle is just meant to be like, we are dwindled down to just Dolores and Teddy. So I think that she is alone. 
regardless, she doesn't have anyone to talk to. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> might as well go find my mortal enemy and hang out for a little while, you know? Why not? Yeah, but um, I I think the question there is: Does Dolores know something about William's past that he does not know himself at this point? Because I think that that is probably one of the. I mean, he has a gun to her head, and I imagine that she's gonna say something that will either be like, "Look, I don't care if you pull the trigger," or "I know why you shouldn't." So I imagine that she, maybe she will have the missing piece to him, which would make sense for a lot of reasons. Okay. Uh, and she's been around and talking to the people that matter for a long time. So yeah, she'll probably she probably knows some stuff. All right, what's next in this trailer that we need to touch on? I mean, probably James Delos holding a glass in an observation room, presumably in the Valley Beyond. You have As walk Bernard behind. and Dolores walk behind. Yeah, and it looks like a normal observation room that would be in the Mesa, but it probably isn't. It's probably in the Forge. But Sure, the Forge is what William built, and he, this has been his experiment. I'm not sure why they were housing him in that weird other lab, but that helped the story be told. Sure. Hmm. So, I mean, there's two options here. It's like in the Forge, and the Forge has a version of the Mesa, which is really like a headache to think about, or they physically walked by him. Both are really interesting. I mean, obviously, we saw that. Wait, were, what is the? What do you mean? The forge has a version of the mesa. Oh, like you mean the? Yeah. So, 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 so. No, I think it's you probably just like, a lab, right? Right. So the so the cradle has the version of Sweetwater in it, and the forge has the version of the mesa in it. I just threw it out there. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I'm just saying that. No, God, that absolutely, is, absolutely not. That There's, is infuriating the, the, to think about. The, the, I, more, the most complicated thing about this is having the vocabulary to say which is like what the forge. How is the forge? Are we are we going to say only that the forge is only the imaginary like CGI world aspect? Oh uh, yeah, it? that we should like actually define this. So we have that massive facility that we will call well the door. It's it's hard. There's the massive facility that is where the door is, that giant hole in the ground. Yeah. Right. There's going to be a facility. Within that facility is a cradle-like computer program. The cradle itself, by my the way I understand it, is the forge. So which the is whole so the whole facility, cradle. which is William's uh, worst. What do you, what do you say? Uh, biggest decision, mistake. Biggest or? mistake, aka the like the valley beyond is just the whole area. For the sake they, of this conversation, the whole the whole the whole hole is the valley beyond. The forge is just the CGI cradle world. I want to nitpick and say that the Valley Beyond probably is the immortality aspect of it because it's the Valley Beyond. We don't death, have another, but like, another thing to call it. Exactly. It doesn't matter. We can call it the hole if you want. That could be <laughs> called the hole. The point I'm is going down the hole that um, in the Forge, that's, again, where the library is. And also they're in a kitchen that reminded me at least of the party that they had for the mm-hmm. retirement party for James Delos. So maybe he took them back to their house for some super important moment. I, I don't know, but... Um, the question is, what are they doing there and why there would be another James Delos copy? We also see James Delos in Westworld with his face carved up. Like it looked like he had, last time we saw him, with a tr- like a gun to someone's head in the middle of the Sweetwater Main Street. Oh, when was that in the trailer? I missed that part. So th- they start like chopping it up and they get like faster and faster and faster to the, the point super, where- That's in the super cut at the end? Yeah, to the yeah. point where it's actually smart because if you want to find it, it's actually kind of difficult, but you can. And then if you don't want to see it, then it's just too fast to actually see it. Um, but they were, they increasingly got like crazier and crazier images. Uh, we see Maeve do some witchery, which, you know, pure speculation there on what's going on. But the most interesting thing of all is the, there is a frame that is so quick and so hard to, even if you want to screen grab it, but there's a frame where Maeve is telling everyone to run and behind her, there is what looks like a very thin, like inch wide tornado. And it literally looks like a fissure in like reality itself. And it looks like a crack in like the space fabric of time. And maybe it's like a visualization of it being beamed up to a satellite, but it actually looks like the next world they're talking about is not like a physical version of Earth. It looks like they're going to like the fourth dimension or some shit. It looks wild. And that maybe the world Dolores has been talking about is not like literally beyond the borders, but like somewhere between computer land and... It might surprise you to, to know that I've actually was I pulled that up just like two seconds before you said it, but yeah, it is a. It's not a. I mean, it's not just a fissure. I mean, it's a like it's like the film. It's like the background that was painted on. Like the, if this was an old odor, like the like the painted background just starts ripping, and it seems like there is a lush green, nominally blue skyed world that is like the. It's like the the background is tearing in half. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, and the the gray brown background is now like you know behind that is a more beautiful background. Mm. Oh look, you have it in a different scene too. That's cool. 
Yeah, so it's in it's okay, in, so there's an actual fissure in the in like the park dome outline. Maybe, thing. maybe, or maybe Possibly. it's more of a metaphysical thing. But they, I like the idea that the dome because because the one that in the group shot when the whole when they're all lined up there waiting to go, yeah. So that gets cer- to. I mean, we could. It's you could, smaller. It's yeah. not. If this is not just worth pointing out. It, it is sized. It is size and perspective. This is not like a magical blast or something that appears no, over all the. Yeah, it looks very much like a. Like a like a hole, like a wormhole or something. Mm-hmm. So that kind of leads to my question for you guys, which where is season three going to take place? Because if we, you know, it's I'm, I don't want to pretend to know where all these characters will be when we reset for season three. But if you think, I think the best place to start is where is it? It the show has outgrown the physical Westworld park because mm-hmm. we just spent a whole season talking exclusively about like we have to leave. Every it's the only thing everyone agrees on basically, yeah. and. I mean, we could say, hey, it'll stay in Westworld or one of the six parks. That doesn't seem to make sense. I feel like it's either got to go out in the real world or it's got to be in the Forge, in the Matrix. Listen, we thought that that season two was going to be all in Samurai World. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like exploring the various other worlds. There's nothing to, like, I feel like this is... Once they get outside of the park, the, this the show becomes Blade Runner. Also, once they get <laughs> well, yes, and once they get out, once they get outside of the park, the show costs five million dollars an episode to make. The yeah. way the way you keep well, it's already ten. Is it really yeah. ten million an episode? I believe it's yeah. Well, it skyrockets yeah. beyond that. But the point is that you you save a lot of money by like putting people in having conversations and just like in Game of Thrones, they're in dark caves. In Westworld, it's a little bit more expensive, but they're in like the same laboratories over and over again, having chats, right? It's got to be the show is still going to be grounded in Westworld, I would think, even if it's through flashbacks or something else. A huge part of me, at the risk of like being wrong immediately, I if you're <laughs> a wrong, a huge part of me thinks season three, at least a couple character arcs will take place like in a computer simulation. Uh, for the, I mean, even Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan, when they talk about this, like one of the questions they get is why is Westworld a physical place and why is it not a virtual reality? Like if you were doing a real vacation for this in real life. Why wouldn't you just have like rich people put on a headset and make it super realistic? Mm-hmm. And the answer starts with like, we just thought it was way more interesting to like do a physical world. Sure. And we know that that makes way more sense, but a physical world was a more in- interesting tantalizing prospect. Uh-huh. But now we're at the point where there's been so much reference to like the hosts thinking their physical bodies are chains that I would imagine at least a couple of these hosts, whether it's Dolores or Maeve or Kichita someone's going to be like, hey, guys, why don't we just live in the Forge? Why don't we just stay here? Like, this is the right world where everything's right and we don't have humans messing with everything. But then the humans can destroy it. Well, I mean, it depends how the finale goes, but I imagine that that's what some of them are going to want because that's what the So they destroy the cradle, but but they somehow untether the Forge but keep it. Yeah, maybe they're in the cloud. I don't know. I don't know how the cloud works. But I think that he <laughs> sounded pretty confident a minute ago. You didn't I don't sound know. a thousand there. <laughs> all right, all right, that's, that's fine. But it, it basically, it's like, is this? Are we going to go another season, like in Westworld? After all of this, just nothing changes, or are we going to? Are they going to have to show us three new parks, and we're going to go to Rome World? No, I mean, they can. World, I'm saying they, someone can get out. I just think that this the show is still Westworld, right? We'll see. I'm excited no matter where they go. I'm a sucker. Um, <laughs> we also got a little bit of Robert Ford in the preview in the in the teaser trailer. Yeah, I thought he was going to be suit, like dead for a little minute and not even not even close. He's still around. He's, he comes right back, and Bernard asks him for help. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, some people have thought that he exists in Maeve's head now. I don't think at all. I thought he left a voicemail. Yeah. Some people think he's in Maeve's. I don't think that that's quite true. I think he just unlocked her core permissions, and she can. she's like a legit like Jedi master now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it's yeah, so Bernard asks him for help, and— that probably is to some degree, I, I imagine it's going back on Ford's plan. So that might be to help human beings and help people to some degree. That's kind of my instinct there. Because we do know that there are physical human hostages that are around there now. And then. Yeah, I'm just more interested in the technology. Like whatever Bernard did to get Ford out of his head, Ford is, if he's not in Maeve, which I, I agree, I don't think that makes a ton of sense. But like he's, what he's just like ghost in the machine now. He's just floating around. He's the music. That's the thing. So it's either flashback, which it didn't seem like it was at all. He's still in Bernard's head, which would weirdly contradict what I thought we just saw. Or he's like in the forge too, which would also be weird. So I don't know. I'm curious to see how they do that because if they actually went to the tr- trouble of showing us an iPad that said data package deleted and then he wasn't actually deleted, like I don't even know why they did that. Yeah, it's it's sort of crazy to like invent the the technology or invent the whatever, the the, the 
plot contrivance by which Ford can jump into his head and, <laughs> and then invent a subsequent plot contrivance by which Bernard can erase him from his own head and then just have him come back because what, like, Bernard wishes hard enough? That seems I, bizarre. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel Express. like it's just kind of like you don't really know the the reaches of of Ford's godhood, I guess. I mean, because there was the, 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 little, the little boy in the first episode that... Uh, William shot in the head. The little, uh, which I, I think was the the young Ford, yeah, young Ford, yeah, young, young host Ford, Ford, young host Ford. I mean, like because he had the, there was the distorted voice there, so Ford yeah. is around. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there there's certainly as- aspects of him. Like he has little footprints all over the park. Um, speaking of returns, I don't know. We've mentioned her a couple of times, but Maeve is upright. Yeah, she's upright. She seems she's fine. Not, she doesn't seem to be have her neck is not being gnawed. In, in a state of having been gnawed off by some machine gun. But she's got a new wardrobe change that would cover that up if it were the case. So I don't know. Oh, you think she's you think she's in she just got up and walked and walked out of there? I I actually yes, I think she's literally just gonna get up and float out, like fly. Uh I want I want to talk about uh the scene where the brief clip of Ghost Nation members joining hands. Oh yeah. Um it comes relatively early in the trailer. Yeah. It's like a you know, it's halfway through or something like that, but before the quick flip, the quick cuts start happening. What are they like? Are they? Do you think they're like joining in arms to stop the horde from coming through, or like what do you what do you think? The I mean, they they seem to want to protect this area, right? Yeah. So what we see is we see Clem doing like the Night King if he had an ATV, and he it seems like she's driving through this massive line of hosts oh, that okay. seem kind of docile, and that as she drives by them, they all seem to like come under her spell. Uh-huh. So I don't know if that's them trying to stop her or what, but it does seem like she's like got some real zombie king vibes. Oh, the docile host. So this is yeah. If if you look closely, this is these are the basically like the regular host, the the group that Akich does is a mass probably because it seems like Ghost Nation is sort of standing on the outskirts, um, you know, guiding them, protecting them, whatever. And then there's just this sort of mob of people. Maybe they're humans. Maybe they're maybe they're hosts. I guess they're hosts probably. And uh, yeah, and here comes. Here comes Clementine to take over. Yeah. I, well, probably just kind of, I, well, the, like the crowd is like collapsing in on itself. Maybe it's just that the, the small executable payload, quote unquote, that they gave her is just kind of like, make sure that you just transmit to every host around you, kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terminate. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it's like literally like a play. She's quite literally like a horseman of death. Maybe like the final one that they're trying. I think that's the the symbolism they're trying to set out there. Okay. Well, what else? Yeah. So sure. from the tri- the other, I would just because Logan's coming back, I would return to the last time we saw him, like for real. Like obviously, like, you know, we saw him naked and needing some not aloe vera, which mm-hmm. actually helps sunburns. And he was like, "Oh, the door, the door, the door." But the last time we saw him before that was in Reunion in season two, episode two, and they're at the fancy strung out on the strung yeah. out on the porch, and he sees Dolores, and he's like, "Oh, what's up, pretty girl?" And like, "What's your name?" And she, they talk, and he starts like laughing to himself, and he says, "Do you want to know what they're really celebrating up there? That darling is the sound of fools fiddling while the whole fucking species starts to burn." And he starts laughing. He says, "And the funniest fucking part, they lit the match. So here's to you, assholes." May your forever be blissfully short. And yes, this was the episode that had the runaway sample. And of course, that he literally does a toast to the assholes. Yeah. But I think that that in this context now is that he's coming back is like way more relevant in that, you know, obviously this flood. This this show is going to turn into succession in season three. You're asking what's going to happen. It's all happening at like the Delos HQ. And it's going to be all the kids of the of the people who founded the company. Dallas, but with robots. Yeah. <laughs> So Emily's going to come back to life and it's going to be Charlotte and and uh, Logan. Wait, how old is Logan? Does anyone know? I mean... Like, well, but you, Logan's young in all these things. Does anyone know how old any of these people are supposed to be? Right. I mean, age is such a... <laughs> We've just gone through this whole show and I'm just, just now registering that Logan is like 20-something when he's hanging out with Dolores. Yeah. And Bernard. I, I, yeah, he's probably like late 20s, maybe early 30s. Yeah, but so time has passed. Yeah, he shouldn't be that old unless we all, as we know, he died. Right? Did we? Do we know that he died? Well, so we, at least he died it. off screen. Williams yeah. said right. it, which has always made me super skeptical because I think that he was trying to get James Delos to like maximum suffering. Sure, I actually think just he's in that. Alive. And by the way, they do. 
Bernard and Dolores do go to the James Ellis apartment in this trailer too. Yes, yeah, they go to the fish tank. And they also go to the to Arnold's home. They go a lot of places, just the two of them. And then at some point, maybe I guess, they find the uh, Forge, um, whatever, uh, ghost brain version of Logan, and he becomes their... Uh, tour guide. Tour guide through the Librarian. underworld. Yeah. Basically, yeah, he's just... It's everything short of like a college tour guy, but he's not going to walk backwards probably. Um, okay. So now, okay, steadily, steadily piecing this together. I'm sure there's like a Greek, is there, what's the, what is the Greek, uh, the Greek mythology parallel to this? Oh, I mean, the tour of Hades. And I mean, I don't know. Sharon, if Sharon is Charon. the guy. Uh, it's is it? I don't know, but I'm sure I'm going to get corrected on that on the internet if I'm wrong. Doesn't matter. Uh, he, the, yeah, the guy who do ferries them in boats and, Guides people across the river sticks. That that seems like uh That's the dude. That's her dude. Misunderstood guy. <laughs> anyway, uh <laughs> looking at so while we're talking so much about libraries and books, uh let's talk more about books. Obviously, William talks about Plutarch and in the beginning of this episode, but on his nightstand, there's those books that he hides his thing in. We actually got the close-up of that, and we you can see oh, the yeah. books that it is. He puts his Delos customer value card. Into Slaughterhouse Five, which is next to two car, two copies of Plutarch called Plutarch in Rome, and then Plutarch's Historical Methods, and then it's also next to a book called Jude the Obscure, and then we also got Moby Dick. Right, rich texts, as yeah. Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion would yeah, say. It's a, not not a lot of subtlety there. So, <laughs> glancing through quickly, one uh, just the book holders themselves, the whatever you call those things on the ends of the books, were the two dogs. And those dogs had peaches on them. And those are actually, seems a reference to peaches of immortality, which in Chinese art, um, those kinds of peaches. Like there were dogs on the books? No, no, sorry. The, what's it called when there's a thing on the end of a book stack? A bookend. A bookend. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's where that comes from. Wow. Uh, (laughs) So. (laughs) so Sorry, we should have jumped in earlier. So the bookend is dogs with peaches. So the. God damn it. So the dogs had peaches on them, peaches that weren't just random peaches, but actually symbolized that in Chinese art, um, those kind of peach stems have, or when you eat them, they're like immortal figures who've kind of reached enlightenment, eat them, and it symbolizes eternal life. Okay. So quite literally being bookended by that idea. And then you have the actual card is in Slaughterhouse-Five. Right before that scene, he's like, I, his wife is like, I know when you hate, you hate when I call you Billy. The protagonist of Slaughterhouse-Five is called mm-hmm. Billy, who, it's a whole book with non-chronological storytelling, sure. a guy who's, quote, you know, unstuck in time. Um, even, you know, Billy Pilgrim, and she had just said that, you know, he makes his annual pilgrimage to Westworld. Mm-hmm. But, and then probably the strongest comparison is, you know, there's comparisons to Dresden in, in the book. You know, the guy experiences the Dresden firebombing, and obviously he keeps saying over and over, I'm going to burn this whole thing down. Uh-huh. Uh, and then also you have the, how do I say this? The Tralfamidorians? Is that? I have no idea. The point is, it's the idea that um, he's abducted by aliens. It's a whole thing. It's current Vonnegut. But time doesn't go forward, but all points in time exist simultaneously. Oh, okay. That's kind of mm-hmm. an idea. <laughs> so... That's obviously like a very direct comparison for him to put his literally like video of every bad thing he's ever done in his life into that book. The second Kurt Vonnegut reference uh, after James Delos. Yeah, it seems like yeah. one, one, one might have been enough, but all right, let's yeah. go. Uh, and then also, obviously, I mean, Moby Dick, which again, obviously this game is his white whale. Uh, sure, of course. Lots mm-hmm. of references there. The interesting one, he has two books um, about Plutarch. One is Plutarch in Rome, which is Plutarch is... Old historian, I don't, uh, maybe, you know, Howard Zinn, I don't know, but basically he bridged ancient Greece and ancient Rome. He was one of the first people to start writing about ancient Rome and people who lived in ancient Rome, mm-hmm. and these figures. So very interesting to look at him as a bridge between ancient Greece and ancient Rome. But the other one, which is more interesting and probably the most important of this discussion, Plutarch's Historical Methods, which is a book investigating how Plutarch sourced his stories, which is really just raising the question of how do you tell history and how do we preserve memory? Okay. Okay. So that's a very interesting thing to bring up. Um, the other, there's also Jude the Obscure, which, you know, is a book that um, parallels a lot of his life and, you know, people die and it's similar. But the most interesting reference, I think, of this actually is before when him and Ford are at the bar 
and one William calls him the Wizard of Oz, uh-huh. mm-hmm. which is interesting. You know, you can kind of play around with the parallels. Some people have said Dolores is Tin Man because she needs to learn empathy. Bernard is lines. This is specifically that's beasts. a lot. All right. Okay, okay. I would say, yeah, sorry. I would say pretty clearly, I think Dolores is Dorothy, but she just decided to mount an armed insurrection against the Wizard of Oz in Emerald City. That seems to me clearly like. What was the other reference? Oh, the other reference was <laughs> the most polite way you've told me to move on ever. Um, the other reference is Ford tells him, Thou mayest. Oh, right. When they're, when they're outside, of, like in the woods, uh, taking P90s off of murdered guards. Yeah. Well, no. So this is, this is still at the bar. Oh, before this also, he says it twice in the episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it does. Wow. Well, there you go. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So, again, this is a reference to East of Eden by John Steinbeck, which is about translating a portion of the Bible where God is talking to Cain. Now, there are a lot of questions about the accuracy of Steinbeck's interpretation of this, but they're clearly right. referencing this book, so we're going to go with what the book says, which is that Steinbeck is saying that how you interpret um, one word in this is the difference between Free God, choice. Sa- yeah, God saying you will defeat sa- sin, God commanding Cain to defeat sin, or what the Steinbeck ultimately comes to, which is God says, "Thou mayest." You can't eat, defeat you do, or, do or do not. Exactly, it's free Your will, yeah. and that really—I mean, this is obvious, but it's super on the nose <clears throat> reference to really what Williams' conundrum here is, and that okay. he can be a good person, he can be—you know—you're getting a glimpse of the person you want to become. That is possible, but that also leaves "Thou mayest not," and it certainly seems you know he has not been great, dude, up until this point. Mm. Um, so lots of books yeah it's a lot also probably worth noting that Plutarch chronicled the uh, he, he straddled those lines one of the things he wrote about was the burning of the library of Alexandria so oh yeah <laughs> he, he covered that thing um, anything good about Jude the Obscure Jude the Obscure um, <laughs> I really just want to go in with Thomas anything Hardy anything hot about Jude <laughs> Jude the Obscure the parallel there are actually parallels between his life it's kind of like a working class guy who um, raises himself up to become wealthy and then um, children die. And it's more about the structure of his life more than kind of right. parallels with his time in Westworld. That's all you know so, about Jude the Obscure. Yeah. I really was just saying if you had anything there. <laughs> but, what else What else do we need to grab from the, from the pre? Let, let's, let's keep trucking yeah. forward. We're good with the books. Tamron, one last point. Williams said twice in, epi- in season one, Quote, the only thing I had when I was a kid were books. I used to live in them. I used to go to sleep dreaming. I'd wake up inside one of them because they had meeting. This place, this is like I woke up inside one of those stories. I guess I just want to find out what it means. And then later he said, this whole world is a story. I've read every page except the last one. I need to find out how it ends. I want to know what all this all means. All right, cool. Okay. Guy loves books. It's a creative way to say that I'm searching for answers, but go off, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a way to okay. it's a way to say turn off your HBO so, now and read <laughs> without actually saying it and getting your show canceled. Let's go. Theorizing, um, I hate to do this. We got to talk about Emily. All right. So many people. Do you really hate to do this? I feel like you enjoy this. You're smiling like you yeah, really you're want to talk. You're from ear to ear. It's just you know, so many people. What, what are so many people saying? They think she's a host. Uh, so there's a lot of inconsistencies in the story. So, I mean, for starters, she says that she threw away that musical box with the ballerina dancer. Mm-hmm. And then he puts his, you know, customer card, whatever. That's what I'm going to call his it. His profile. His, yeah, his, his gray card into that box, which she had just told the story about how that got thrown away. She, uh, he didn't put it there. Her, uh, well, she, her mother Juliet did, yeah. put it there. Uh, so there, is a, there are a lot of inconsistencies. The actress herself, uh, Katya Herbers, said... That, uh, she, like, yeah, I'm dead. I'm off the show to Vanity Fair. Having said that, I mean, in that of same Vanity Fair say, piece. Yeah. Of course she said that. The same piece they admit that other actors have lied to them about being on the show. So that doesn't mean anything that she said she was dead. Uh, but mostly it's about random tidbits and kind of points that don't make sense and inconsistencies. Well, the I, biggest thing is that they didn't show, I mean, they show her get, get shot in the chest, but they didn't show her die die in the way and, that you would want them to and, if, to be sure about it and I mean, they did yeah. the and they it did the next scan yeah, and yeah. they did the next scan on William and then they didn't show the result of hers and then there's also well isn't the next scan just checking for C4 and a spinal you know one of their spinal things and also the, he took out his knife and didn't check to see if she had the uplink yeah, thing that we saw yeah that so, we saw but I mean also we didn't see whether or not she had he, the card in the so in the, but if he did in fact chop her arm open after the cameras went off 
one yeah. one assumes she's a human because you don't find out she's a robot yeah. and then go kill yourself. I but, think the answer is that he tried to kill himself afterward and couldn't yeah. do it. I think and, that yeah. that's how you figure out that she was actually human. That's and, what I would think. And too. then in her first scene, the first thing she does is with this dude she brought back to her room is like, you know, check him if a host. And literally is like, do you think one of them would pretend to be one of us? And she shoots this dude. To make sure, you know, he's not a host. But does that make you think she is one? Well, so here's the thing. These are a lot of the things people are bringing up. But I think this is actually a really good moment now that we're at episode nine to like kind of pump the brakes a little bit. And obviously, you know, we are part of the theory industrial complex. Mm -hmm. And I specifically (laughs) am a big part of churning out these theories. (laughs) But I think this is actually a good moment to kind of pause and reflect. Because I think actually parsing the minor details of whether Emily is a host or not by looking at this or this, you, we like fans like me included, you can kind of become just as bad as William. Like the whole point of what we just saw is he was so obsessed and so obsessed with playing to the end of this game that he actually just killed his daughter because he couldn't tell what's going on. And I think that there is a certain irony that now some fans who are so obsessed with Emily being a host or not are also wondering if she's a host, just like William and then missing the actual kind of emotional stakes of like, he just killed his daughter. Yeah. And so there's a certain point where I think it's worth zooming out and being like, do we look at the details of like the brain of like the scan of her spine to say if she's a host, or do we start thinking about like the thematic implications? Because if we're like, she's a host, then he should have shot her and he was right. No, 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 no. I I get what you're saying. And I think that, yeah, at some point, if William, Whatever, whatever we next season we're dealing with more about William, whether he's a host or human, whatever about his psyche, be it his damaged human psyche or his damaged robot psyche, whatever. Yeah, it matters that he was losing it and that he killed his daughter based on basically a conspiracy theory because he was losing his mind. He didn't know if she was human or not. Sure, mm-hmm. but I mean, I give this show more credit than anybody in the world, but like they've built a show that is, I mean, it's deliberately a mystery box. This is Battlestar Galactica now. We are wondering who's a, who's a human and who's a host. That's that's what the show is. And I don't think, I think if you're, if you're, if, it's possible if you're, to read that as a commentary on reactionary fandoms, but I think the thing is, is that, all you need to know is he killed his daughter and he has to grapple with that now. Well, and also it's like how, like, I'm, I don't feel any particular need to like, to, to defend the show's emotional stakes. It doesn't have any. Everybody's a robot until proven <laughs> otherwise. Yeah, that's fair. That's but, fair. And the so show's I, so great. It's a mystery. That's great. But, yeah. it's, but it's like, it's like, I don't, I don't I'm not going to weep when somebody dies because like everybody so far yeah. has turned out to be a robot. <laughs> that is fair. But I would say, I, I, I'm just saying that there's a point where all the arguments I've seen online, like are especially on Reddit about her being a host. I think that it just makes more sense to look at it narratively. And well, the, yeah, no, I think her I, being I, a host I agree would, with you would take the show to a place that is far beyond even William being a host, and that would really well, it would mean the fact that it would diminish her death. Yeah, well, that that, that actually takes it to a smaller place, but yeah, I mean, I she the, in in the interview, Katja Herber said uh, that she Emily is definitely human. William has killed his human daughter. This is a terrible tragedy. Uh, yeah, and if, if he's killed his human, I mean, I think that that's sort of even if she's BSing, that's that's there is a truth there. He killed someone that he did not know to not be his human daughter, but he's crazy now. Yeah, and then so anyway, so do we think she's coming back? Is the question? I think I don't know. She she she, think, she was she was well received. Everybody that I, that, yeah, I mean, but maybe that's because she was a human, and if she came back as a robot in season three, then all the people who were like pro Katja Herbers are just going to be like more of this robot shit. God. <laughs> She spent so much of the time in the park that they certainly would have the plot devices to be able to do it because they've collected so much of her and have data. Having said that, I don't think she's coming back. I think she's done. Yeah. I wonder how she learned Lakota, though. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway. Wait for season three. She would would move on to the next thing. All right. The biggest one of all, obviously. The biggest one. Thing we've been talking forever, and now we get to really go to William, host or human. Because he finally well, started the, asking the, the question. question yeah, yeah. I mean, like that. The 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 last thing you see of him is him getting off his horse, deciding not to shoot himself, and instead deciding to dig into his own arm. So I guess we we're, we're going to have to figure yeah. that out in the next episode. 
we we talked about this on Sunday, and I I still feel this way that I actually, after thinking he's a host the whole time, I actually now agree with Sean Fennessy in that I actually would rather him be a human at this point, and I think it makes more sense because he had to ask the question, which in some ways accomplishes a lot of the narrative points that made sense for him to be a host in the grander scheme of like telling a coherent story. Yeah. And at this point, there's not really anything you can do. It's like, if you are, had your mind put into a robot and you're kind of like half robot now, you get a little more of a pass than anything else for what you've done. And if the yeah. point of the story is to be accountable for him to just like have this like creeping doubt that he's a person himself and then he cuts his arm open and just finds bone is like, oh shit, I am a person. And that he actually has to confront his past. I think that's just a far more compelling story. Sure. I mean, to have it, to, I mean, uh, to go back to what I was saying before, for there to be any stakes, I mean, it, it would have to be that he is the, the, what the, he's, he is the, the only successful human put into a host body, more or less. Yeah. And on that but, screen, but then, they pause his number two. But there's still a, a there, right. There's still a deeper humanity to his, I mean, if, to a human put in a host body than just a host achieving humanity. Now, they're all human. They're all, you know, beings worthy of respect and rights or whatever. But, they, but you know, if, if this is his mind that's been, you know, living a real human life or whatever, I guess it's feasible that we care more about him, you know, a human brain and a robot body, right? But yeah. like, but yeah, I think you're, I mean, obviously this, we care more, we want him to be a human. Uh, yes, I, I think so. But having said that, it's kind of similar to season one in that a lot of people on Reddit and plugged into the theory world kind of knew man in black was William the whole time. Yeah. And then if you weren't really plugged in that world, you found out when it happened in the show and that was a great reveal. So I don't think a lot of people have been thinking about that. I think you're, I think you're right. Watch the show. And, and to parallel season one, it would make sense that he was a robot. Yeah. So, cause that be, if the mystery becomes, is he or is he not? I kind of feel like, it all, I feel like the only way forward almost is for him to be a host. And to, Plug that in with the first thing we talked about. It makes the most sense that Dolores is the one to reveal that to him. He, that's the person he's caused the most pain. That is, to some degree, how you know it ends where you began and began where you end. That's where he began his love of Westworld. That he the but wait, f- like, won't, won't cutting his own arm his own arm open reveal the truth to him? Yeah, but I mean, I th- I'm saying Dolores will connect those dots. I think no matter what, he's probably going to need Dolores to collect those do- to connect those dots for him. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. It, it does make sense that he, I mean, it, 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 there's more of a poetry to him to them sort of like teaming up or finding common ground if he finds out he's a host, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They both had to do terrible, evil things and to reach the aware self awareness. Sort of. He, he also said to his wife in the flashback, he said, "You know, I don't belong to this world. I belong to another one." And earlier in that night, in the first scene his wife asks him what could possibly be better this and he sees a waitress and he thinks it's Dolores and it mm-hmm. wasn't her that that is where he began it's it's his love for her is where he started and it only makes sense for that to be the ending and i mean look there's a reason that we have not seen them together um since season 1 and then now we're going to see them together in the season finale after all this discussion it only makes sense that that grand reveal would happen with her and nobody else it doesn't really make sense to happen with anybody else I can, I tell, you been, I can tell you you haven't been spending enough time reading Westworld slash fic but I'll go ahead <laughs> yeah I was gonna say I wonder who she's saying freeze all motor functions to in the preview is that oh. just was that just a I just assumed that was a that I guess I'm always wrong with my assumptions because I just gloss over stuff I assume that was just like a replay of like, or, you know, just a flashback to that same scene with Arnold at the beginning or with Bernard. Yeah. Sorry. I thought so too, but that totally would be actually be the sickest thing ever. If Dolores froze man in black, that would yeah, be She incredible. just rolls up on him on that grassy hole and it's just kind of like freeze all motor functions and he doesn't get a chance to cut into his arm, but that's how he realizes he's a host. Whoa. Okay. I'm into thing. it. I'm into it. <laughs> I like, we should, yeah, we should just do one podcast or we, next season, one podcast where we go through user theories, reader theories, you know, Redditor theories, and then one where we just make stuff make up. Make shit up. <laughs> just, just like fan fiction podcast. Uh, and then just other kind of miscellaneous stuff. There's a lot of cool parallels. Like, so for example, Ford kissed the top of Maeve's, Maeve's head. And then obviously I kind of endowed her with a new life. William kissed his wife's head and then she went and committed suicide. So there's like a kiss of life, a kiss of death duality going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, another, a theory, a, a theory that I, I personally really enjoy 
about a problem that is very important that we've kind of let go by the wayside from F dot, E-F-F dot. Okay. F dot postulates uh, the key to humans reaching consciousness and hosts. And again, this is like the, the crux of this whole thing is how does this actually work? How do they get human minds into host bodies and cross that cognitive plateau? Go on, yeah. F dot says that the key is that you have to be able to see hosts and humans as equal. Because if you have this idea that hosts are lesser, they're able to, I mean, the reason people are able to kill hosts is the same as the reason you're able to kill people in Grand Theft Auto is that you don't see them as humans, life forms on par with yourself. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if that's what you think, and then you are in that human body, you're, the reason you can't bridge that plateau is that your mind, you don't believe that you are fully human because you, you don't see robots as equal. Uh-huh. The only people who will be able to do that are humans who view hosts as truly the same. Okay. And that is the only way. The I only think way that's to become, a great idea. The only way to do that is to believe? Because if you think that hosts are less than humans, and then you are in a, a less than human body, how but will you be not, able to contemplate your full self? That's the idea. Okay. Or if you just think it'll work. Or if you're just like stoked. You just can't have a negative opinion of it. Well, this no, is actually but, this is actually a deeply like this is a deep theological argument. It's yes. just like, do you have to believe in like you know New Testament God to get to heaven, or is it just like you just as long as you're not worshiping Satan, you're probably cool. You know, there's a lot of yeah, disagreement no, in all the different religions <laughs> about that. Like if you like, if I'm just like a Jewish guy, do is it do I get to and Christianity's right? Do I get to heaven? Like, do you can you be? Does it have to be the necessarily the positive interpretation, or can it be? Or, you know, can it be just the absence of a negative? No, it's it's thou mayest. It's that you're inherently sinful. You have to overcome it. You can, but like, you can't, it's not like you can just chill and then, you know, just kind of stroll in. I think that's definitely the, the definitely right. the theme is that man is inherently like But that is like, but, it, but regardless, it's a question about faith. Yes. All right. I, I, yes. Okay. And now we're back to the Bible. And on that note, as this, this is the game. This is like as soon as we circle okay. back, as soon as we circle back to the biblical interpretation of Westworld, we got to end the program. Are okay. we? Are, well, is there anything else you want to yes. touch on before we leave? Quick, quick lightning round of the things we've discussed. Don't have to elaborate greatly, but just kind of a summary of the things we discussed. Let's do it. Lightning round. I need yeses or noes from both of you. Okay, lightning great. round. Is William a host? Yes or no? Yes. No. I'm sticking with yes, but I'm rattling. Was or is Emily a host? Yes or no? No. No. Agreed. Is Emily coming back? Yes or no? No. No. Wait, it, ever? Or or on Sunday? In ever. the final episode? Ever. Is she like not in flashbacks, but like is she being resurrected? Like being revived. Like she, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she came back as a full time host in season three. They got her data. Why not? I don't I think she's gone. Okay. Is or was Bernard being looped through time in the cradle or the forge, whatever we're calling it? Yes or no? I was I would be prepared to answer that with yes. Two episodes ago, I don't think that's the case now. I agree. I'll, I'll stick with yes, but I'm on the fence. I yeah. think it's too big of an idea to introduce in the one episode they have left. But if they can do it well, great for them. Is Bernard on the beach actually Bernard? Yes or no? I think that's too much. I think that's too yeah, big of a bridge across. Yeah. yeah. Is Maeve connected to Kohan in some way? Slash, does Maeve have a much richer backstory with Akichita than we believe? Oh, look at you try to sneak in your pet theories. <laughs> It's just like is this, about all is, this since last is, week. is this entire show a deliberate Adam and Eve allegory slash uh, may or may not William be a human? Like you're just like <laughs> t- you take I one actually, given and then just like throw in your pet theory. I may or may not have had that later on. Uh, is, yeah, is this a story, is this an entirely an Adam and Eve allegory slash does this show air on HBO? <laughs> Go on. What is the Delos Endgame? Is it replacing powerful people in the real world with clones? Is it selling immortality for straight cash? Selling immortality humans? for cash is a giant corporation. A giant bloodless corporation. I disagree with this on principle. I think you're I think that's probably it, but I just think it's that's bonkers. That is I said it all I said it on the last episode. You can you can just make more money selling immaculate data of, of everybody who's been in Westworld than you can of with immortality. trying to make it. Yeah, that's true. That, I mean, that like, doesn't make, what do you mean? Because if, you, if you're Jeff Bezos and you have a hundred billion dollars and you're on your deathbed, Jeff Bezos wants to live forever. If, this, if he does, then you can charge him a hundred billion dollars. Sure. But you can only do that once. 
I'm just saying it like I, I get where you're coming from. It's not a continuous revenue stream. There are like more ways. Especially because if you keep taking, if you're going to take, if this is like an estate tax and you're taking like 50% of the, I mean, the, the most you could possibly make is 50% of the, I mean, I'm just, 50% is obviously arbitrary, but 50% of the wealth of the top 2%, let's say, right? At some yes. point, then Delos will just have all the wealth. So there's no more money coming in. But that's, uh, that's a great problem to have. Look, I'm saying this show, this show, it's like 30 years in the future. Income inequality skyrocketed in the last 30 years. Who knows what happens in the next 30 years? There's that old adage, you know, 20% of your customers, 80% of your revenue. I think that when you're dealing with the 1% of the 1% of the 1%, uh, this is a great business model. I don't know what you're talking about. You can't be a repeat customer, though. You really think? You, know, you really? But think, you're selling the, the. I mean, this is the most inelastic product that there is. But you think Jeff Bezos is going to come in and just be like, like they're like, yeah, you have sixty billion or whatever. Yeah, how much money? He has more money than anybody. He has hundred billion. He has like a hundred billion dollars, and they're just like, yeah, that'll be fifty billion dollars. And he was like, no, I know that you charged my vice president two billion dollars. No, this is a name your price product. This is this is like, I mean. I hope that you're right because because if they're selling immortality, that's a much more interesting business model for storytelling principles. Yeah, yeah. It this definitely is, is. Sell me your pen, but immortality. Okay. Uh, other than Teddy or Emily, are any characters actually going to die in the finale? It's a finale. So more people definitely got to die. Yeah, I think things, uh, I don't think things bode well for Armistice. She's in the finale. She's in the teaser trailer a lot for a person that we don't care about that much. She yeah. literally has a person named replacement who could replace her or her replacement. But yes, one of those two will die if not both of them in each other's arms. Is Charlotte Charlie? Yes, Arnold's I think son. yes. Wow, love it. Um, Teddy I, is. I don't think I showed this careful. I mean, I, I feel like an idiot for not making that connection myself and long before. Yeah, but, but I showed this careful doesn't close. have two people with the same names. Yeah, Teddy is dead, as in like not coming back dead. Teddy is dead. Someone else will be put in his body dead. Teddy is going to be resurrected from Teddy's the Teddy's not going to be in the finale. That's my guess. But I, 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 I feel like he'll be back next season well, in some way. Well, we'll see his body because his body was floating. So we're going to see his no, like, I mean, physical I'm, James Marsden. Yeah, Morrison. there's not acting. Okay. There will be no acting by James Marsden. Hey, look, there are a lot of struggling actors in LA start out by playing a dead body. Next and I would question. say There's something involved. Okay. Season three takes place in... Westworld slash other parks, the Forge, Cradle, some kind of simulation, or the outside Can I world. ask him one more question? One more just hypothetical. Yes. Okay. Because we've seen, we have this idea of like humans that then maybe they'll come back next season as a host. We haven't really talked much about like hosts that, that come back as a human, but like oh. for all Sizemore is complaining about having to cut corners and save time. I mean, presumably it's like, oh, I got to get a blonde woman. You just like open up a magazine. Right? You wouldn't like just imagine what a person would look like. Well, that's one of the most tantalizing thoughts is that all the hosts are based on real people. I right? mean, they'd be dead by now or old by yeah, now. Yeah, but imagine if they're all based on, like imagine if Dolores is really based on some. I think the most interesting long-term, because if there's going to be five more seasons of this, I think Dolores being based on either Ford or Arnold's mother would be incredible. But if you're talking like still having plot twists five seasons down, then being based on real people. But I'm saying it doesn't even need left. to be a plot twist. It's just like, Makes sense, yeah. It's a lot like, of effort you to design go, a Like, I'm sure in, like, whatever year this is, they have, like, humans, of, like, 3D models of humans on Getty Images. If you have a subscription, <laughs> you can download one. And we'll just, like, we'll yeah. take that one and make that Teddy. Exactly. Yeah, let's There's just reason, further that dude erase exists. the line that dude between his, surreality and reality. Yeah, the, the it's reason, like, yeah, it's like you're sketching fruit in a bowl in art class. It's like they put the fruit there because it's easier that than just, like, imagine fruit. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we'll see you back here on Sunday live after the show after the Westworld finale East Coast airing whatever time that is when is it over 10 o'clock well who knows how long this episode is well immediately after the East Coast airing of the season finale we will be live on Twitter on Periscope and all the Ringer channels uh, check us out I am negotiating right now with Bill Simmons about uh, and the HR department about what costume we can have Danny Heifetz legally wear <laughs> on this program We'll see you here. I hopefully tune in on Sundays. It'll be up as a podcast afterwards. We'll be back next week on Monday, I think, with a full episode. But um, we'll be reacting to, the, to this episode right along with all of you amigos. Talk to you later. Are you- 
Our theme song was made by our friends at songfinch.com. Check out Songfinch to turn your stories, memories, and feelings into a one-of-a-kind song by professional musicians. It makes the perfect gift for any occasion. songfinch.com. Songfinch.com.